Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It is definitely like a form of acceptance that, I mean, listen, if you had a bunch of straight dudes with khakis saying, we love your comedy, you, you something's wrong. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, and today we're actually bringing in a straight, if you can imagine. I did give a caveat in this podcast description by saying we might ask a straight ally, why are you so obsessed with us? And today I grill the shit out of Nicole Thurman. I have to tell you, I only bring a straight person on this podcast when I really feel like they have a devoted fan base in the queer community. And Nicole Thurman is that person. You've probably seen her videos online. The reason why I fell in love with her was from Twitter. She's so funny. And there's a video that I posted on the podcast Instagram that is your face after the Zoom call ends. And it's basically just like, okay, see you later. And then full devastation. Uh, if you haven't, check it out an AKS podcast. Uh, it's so good. And this conversation, let me just tell y'all, it is. it was such soul food. Like, we, of course, have laughs, but damn we had such a good connection and i i walked away feeling better than i did when we started it i do want to welcome any new listeners that came from my tiktok video hi y'all are nasty <laughs> no i'm kidding it's just i posted a video uh explaining the website that chris burns and i talked about last week in the episode called jackandworld.com and i just listed some of the techniques that this website uh provided some of my favorites include sock bag and tube the baggie and the mattress the foo-foo the tubo sweetness the pasta plaything bubblish i mean jesus age it's it's all so much but i'm happy you're here and i guess i should send a letter to jackandworld.com's probably you know 80 year old site owner for the service that they have given to us i do want to give you an update on me myself and it's just all right I went up a couple millies. That's the update. Lexi is working hard in my body, and I'm at 12.5, so continue to stay tuned on that. And uh, listen up for that bonus in the Patreon episode on this week's fight where Matt and I debate a plethora of things. I do want to tell you about Nicole before I launch into the discussion. Nicole, you've seen her on television in A Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO, Shrill on Hulu, The Opposition with Jordan Klepper, Grace and Frankie is coming up. You can also hear her on HBO Max right now in Jellystone, and you can hear her on her amazing new podcast, The Scroll Down with Marcella Arguello. Come for the laughs, stay for the soul food, and then continue to listen for our talk about gay icons in the last half of this conversation. Here she is, world, Nicole Thurman. Behind the scenes moment, we're recording this on a Sunday, if you can imagine. And I rode my bike to get home and you would think i just did a triathlon like a full-on 50 miles i'm fully drenched in sweat i'm so out of shape guess how many minutes i rode this bike how many wait should i, should I guess actually i, guess? I, I want wait. you to guess um eight eight was that right eight minutes 
talking about how did you do that are you like are you an empath are you like a, a medium i don't think i am but i do have i'm very my instincts are very good like um so maybe that is kind of an empath or a medium but like recently i had a friend who was sick for like two weeks so i don't even really talk to him that much and when he reached out and was like yeah i've been sick for the last two weeks i was like i knew something was wrong like you know what i mean like they didn't even po- they don't he doesn't even post online a lot or anything like that i just knew it like i always get these like feelings about people you're so, like i'm not an empath but i did speak to a dead person three days ago does that mean anything <laughs> yeah i did say what's up to a dead person like someone did visit me in my apartment and say they needed <laughs> me to reach out to their grandson but well, other than that no normal everything's normal you're like they're actually doing really well on the other side um mm-hmm. i actually was talking to someone like and randomly ghosts came up in conversation and i was like have you ever had an experience and they're like um the only one i can think of is this girl has been following me for 25 years i was like <laughs> That's an experience. That's, like, that's not, not an experience. the only one you could think of. It's not a little thing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah. It's, and I was like, wait, are you talking like house to house? Like from locale to locale? And she was like, yeah, wherever I go, she goes. And I was like, I believe in ghosts, but yeah, I don't know if I want one for that long. No, I would never want one for that long because then you would be having to double think everything you were doing like in private and everywhere you were going. I'm getting like a little fuzzy, little fog on my glasses because I'm hot. Or because it's a ghost. Or there's a ghost. Maybe this is a ghost in the bottom of my glasses saying, stop talking about me, bitch. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be a secret. No, but um, yeah, that would be, I would never want a ghost following me on for 25 years. I, I feel like at one point you should maybe ask it what it needs to go away or maybe phone in someone else phone a friend have them figure out what the ghost needs if you can't do it do you think well here the first question is do you believe in spirits i think that i guess i do kind of i never really know how to answer that because it's like i don't believe in like ghosts necessarily but i do believe in like i do think that when people die they kind of become like parts of the earth and like they have little things you know little moments so i think that yeah like there's something that i feel like that's like there's gotta be something i don't know what it i mean like because that's also weird i don't know why religion keeps coming up in this podcast because it truly is a full-on gay podcast but like i just been thinking a lot about like what we are raised as believing like jewish people are raised to think that there is no hell Mm -hmm. but i think there is heaven or, oh God, I'm sure, I'm sure a Jewish person is going to like message me and be like, you're actually completely wrong. I think it's maybe that we, you know, I think that is, there's no I, hell. And then like, yeah. I think what, when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. I always thought there was no heaven or hell, but then when you're dead, you're, and when you're dead, you're dead. But I didn't, but, but they think that they're, I'm technically Jewish, but not at all religious, even in the slightest. So I can't even claim it, but I never like. I always thought it was no heaven or hell, but there is a heaven, just not a hell. <laughs> Nicole, I think you're right. I think there's I nothing. Know. I think there's n- no and space. no, no yeah. and no. But I can't imagine Jews being like, and then it's over. It's like, no, I'm sure they got this. They're, they're going to complain somewhere else. It just doesn't matter <laughs> where is it, right? <laughs> there's got to be something. I don't know. I always Wait, so think do it, you like, are, is one of your parents Jewish? My mom is Jewish. Yes. So and then she, you were not super observant growing up. No, she's not. She like my aunt and uncle are way more religious and my cousins, but like my mom has never been super religious. We like we like celebrated Hanukkah. That was about as Jewish as we got. <laughs> but listen, I so wait, wait, I actually this is so interesting to me because I'm married to someone who is grew up Catholic. Uh-huh. And so when we the day we have kids, we're definitely going to be doing Christmas. We're definitely going to be doing Hanukkah. But like, did you celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah? Yeah, we did. We always had a Christmas tree and we always did Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. So wait, nice. this is amazing, Nicole. The yeah. universe uh, the universe sent you to me. So mm-hmm. what was what was when you were growing up, is it just like obviously very normalized? Like, yes, you know, we celebrate this, we celebrate this. As a kid, what were your attitudes towards Christmas versus Hanukkah? Were it just like I love both holidays or did it differ in any way? I think it was it's hard because it's like Christmas is so huge and I think my mom is kind of like not necessarily in a bad way, just kind of it's her personality. She's much more like she's from New York, but she wanted to kind of assimilate to Midwest culture when she moved mm. to Kansas. And so I think like we always just thought of that as part of our life. Like this is Christmas. Like, Christmas is a thing we do, but also we're Jewish. So we're going to learn how to sing these songs and light some candles and things like that. And we went to like a temple preschool. Like it was like, it was just weird, but I don't know. I've never thought, I never thought of it as like, um, christmas is dominating but we're supposed to be celebrating like and i never thought of it as like one outruled the other one or like weighed more heavily they're both kind of just both there (sighs) i really love that i have to tell you that this came up recently that i'm gonna you know my parents are amazing and like etc etc 
However, I was talking to a friend last night that like a year or two before Matt and I got married, my parents out of the woodwork were like, and you know what? When you have kids, you're going to have to be pretty direct with them about like making sure they really enjoy the Jewish holidays in addition to the Christmas stuff. And I honestly got a little frustrated because I was like, A, they're going to be happy with whatever. If it's a holiday, it's a holiday, it's a holiday, it's a holiday. And if the parents enjoy then they're going to take away the attitude that we... And, that, and it also mm-hmm. felt like I've been... At that point, I've been with Matt for six years. And so I was mm-hmm. like, couldn't this have come up like, I don't know, I'm half a decade ago? Right. But <laughs> so when it did come up, I was like, Y'all, it's, I think it's just them not being used to the fact that there's going to be competing traditions. And so I think yeah. in their mind, it was honestly like, I'm like, I'm, at first, I was about to say, like, between you and me, Nicole, but listen, this, this literally is a podcast where people listen to it. But like, between all of us listening, I mm-hmm. do think that my parents were just in their own way trying to tell me that it's important to them that if I ha- have children, that at least I get to impart some of the traditions that I grew up with. And that's, of course, my aim. I really love my traditions. And so um, yeah. they did, they communicated that in their way. But it's so amazing to hear from you that you just had both and that's what it was. And you didn't prioritize or value one over the other. And I, that's exactly how I envision it for my kids. Yeah. And I think that, I, I think it's, you know, it's possible for Christmas to run over uh, Hanukkah, but I think it's like, it is all in the mindset of the parents for sure. And how important the traditions are to the parents. And I right. think if you like instill a solid sense of Judaism in your kids, they're not going to, you know, they're going to have respect for that and reverence for that. I don't think they're going to be like, Oh man, now we got to do the Jewish stuff this weekend. You know, like they're not going to do that. They're going to be excited Fuck about it. Jewish shit. Fucking Daddy Eric sucks. I want to go to Christmas Town with me. Yeah, Daddy <laughs> Eric sucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, I don't think it would be like that. I think it's fun, and I think it's important to celebrate both sides of your heritage. I mean, listen, I'm, you know, I'm half black, half white, Jewish, you know, and, you know, it's just like, it's an interesting, like, you want to make, you want to acknowledge all of the things that you are, and I don't yes. think that I ever grew up being like, and I think obviously the more your parents are like excited about it and teaching you about it, the more excited about it you would be at growing up. You wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, we have to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be like that. I, don't, I didn't mean to say that, but that's just what came out. But yeah, you wouldn't be like, oh, we have to be, you know, do Hanukkah now. No, I think yes. it's like, they can all be fun. But I think it's also like you're saying is embracing all the parts of you. If, if when it comes from a place of happiness and positivity from you, like like the fact that you're from Kansas too is kind of amazing because I'm from yes. St. Louis, Missouri, and then oh. you uh, you live in New York, but you're currently in LA, right? Well, I kind of I live in LA, but I've oh. been staying in New York. I'm kind of all over the place because what happened was I used to live in New York. And then I moved back to, L- I mean, I kind of go back and forth because of work. And then mm. I went to, I hadn't been uh, anywhere since, you know, 20, ni- 2020, the beginning of 2020. I went to New York on vacation and it was the first trip I had taken. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to leave. Because it was just the energy, and it sounds cheesy, but like the energy was so much better there. Mm. Being around people again all all over the, like all of the time like when you can just like walk and wander and have these experiences with people and i i mean i just love new york it's like a city where i just feel like i blossom a lot when i'm there and i'm very happy and spiritually fulfilled so like mm-hmm. i just didn't want to leave so anyway i ended up just like subletting a place and i'm like i'm still there technically so i'm just here for work i'm in la right now and i'm here for work but i'm going to go back to new york for september and i'm kind of just like just like seeing how it plays out i'm not sure yet so i'm kind of like doing by coastal life and it's amazing i, I love listen it. nicole this is what you're doing is yeah. you're living the dream that's what you're doing oh it my gosh true. and also new york in september is like one of the best months here i mean it's like so beautiful and like you know it's a hellscape a lot of the other months but if you're here for the beautiful months then like why not do that that's like i think that's my yeah. ultimate dream is to just follow the beauty my thing is i love to like start it sounds maybe cheesy but i love it like starting a day and not knowing what you're doing and then like you know ending up at the met you know or like i mean i don't you know it's not regular but it's like when you just have a day and you're kind of like i don't know i'm just gonna like go for a walk and see what happens and like you know when i go to a bar and meet a bartender and new friends that Mm -hmm. are just sitting at the bar having drinks and relaxing and you eat food with people that you don't know and like they don't have that kind of culture doesn't exist in LA. It just doesn't. I also think, do you think this is a hot take that 
when you go to a place that you don't spend all of your time in, you it's not that we romanticize it, but we automatically find the things that we're missing in our current... Like, when I go to LA, I'm like, yeah. fuck, this is it. This is like, there's hiking, I can sit outside, New York is a piece of shit. But I think that you ten- I tend to, for myself, fixate on what I don't have and when I go to the other place. That's like, okay... What's coming to mind right now is that I was talking to a friend that oh, I forget the context, but basically like the idea of <laughs> cheating on your partner came up mm-hmm. of just like, I think what sometimes people do is that if they're in a long term relationship and they meet someone that like it has a quality that their partner doesn't, they automatically yeah. think that they, that person has everything they're actually supposed to have and that their yeah. partner they're with is not giving them what they need and fuck them and we're going to break up. And then inevitably what I think happens a lot of times is that you break up with your partner you go to the new person and then of course there's all these issues with the new person and then you end up that ends very quickly and then you're like oh wait a minute maybe i don't actually know what i'm what i want so mm-hmm. i think that that can kind of happen with where you're living too is is that a crazy crazy thing to say oh no absolutely i mean it's always the grass is always greener it's always like that and that's what's funny is like because i since i used to live in new york everybody's like why don't you just move back like come on move back here all my friends they always say it. even if i'm there for one day every i think it's a very new york thing to be like come back to us you know you want to live in new york mm-hmm. it's new york and you're like i know it's i know it's new york i love it too i do think it's very much that and i think that's also part of the reason because like honestly like back in the day i probably would have just been like yeah you're right i'm gonna move back to new york and it's like mm-hmm. no right now i'm just gonna enjoy working remotely from new york and then like they you know they flew me back here to to finish the job in la and i'm gonna enjoy being able to do that for a few months because yeah it is really like and that's the thing with the partners and with cheating is like, I was telling my sister this the other day. It's like, everybody takes shit. Everybody nasty. You know, like everybody like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like after like, after like two months, that like sexy young thing you're fucking on the side is going to like t- fart in front of you. And you're going to be like, oh, they're disgusting. Just like my partner. Like, wait ugh. a minute. You shit too. Fuck everybody. All these hot ass people be shitting. And then it's like, they're not hot anymore. And that's just like. Part of the example of like everybody turns into trash after a while. And yeah, like New York, like if I stayed in the winter, maybe I would be like, oh my God, or, or, you know, have some crazy encounter on the train or some kind of thing. That one thing that reminds you of like, oh yeah, this is what I hated when I lived here. Yeah. Oh man, that's so true because I will have moments where like you're walking through Washington Square Park on a gorgeous fall day and you're like, why would I ever leave this place? I'm going to become rich and old and be 95 years old walking through Bleecker Street with my... It's like you just only envision the good times and the next thing you know, someone is taking a shit on you next to you on the subway and you're like, why would I ever spend another fucking minute in this place? Like, I have to tell you, I've had a couple of stories and the thing is, I've been here for a long time and any city you're going to have horrible moments, but I was walking with my friend through Brooklyn. We were I was living in Brooklyn. We were meeting some friends in a bar and we walked, funnily enough, by a church and this guy stopped us and he very nonchalantly said, you know, I have a gun in my jacket, so give me your money. And we were like, okay sure 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 so then i luckily yet unluckily yet luckily had like seven dollars in my wallet so like of course like here is all the money and then my friend i was with who is listening to this right now knows who they are but i won't say their name yeah to protect the innocent (laughs) this person (laughs) had like a 10 and a five and a 20 dollar bill and i watched him (laughs) put his hand in his wallet and the guy with the, uh, the had a long jacket says, "I have a gun in my pocket, I, and I've used it before." And so I watched my friend put his finger through his wallet and skim over the twenty just to give him the ten and the five. And the guy was like, "No, give me all of it." Now's not the time. Now's not the time to get a deal. Now is not. We're not. No, we're not bargaining. This is not. This is not. What's the closet? That's not. This is not Beacon's closet. This is it's not, not Beacon's like, closet. <laughs> I was like, so he. So they gave. <laughs> It's a man. He gave all of his money. And then we go to the bar and we tell our friend what just happened. And I, of course, immediately start weeping. So I was just like, oh felt so violated and just like, and I, and I was like, I hate this city. I hate yeah. being here. Why would I choose this place? And like, and of course, after a day or two, I was able to, you know, calm down and be like, 
I love New York and all everything is fine, but there's yeah. it's the grass is greener is so true. And I have to tell myself that your problems can't be fixed by one move or one little change. Yes. One move is not going to change your life. It's not going to make everything better. And it's like, I didn't even think that I had that many. I didn't think anything was wrong in LA. That's the other mm-hmm. thing is like, I didn't think that I was having a bad time, but I think the pandemic and how isolating it can be here. It's like, yes, granted, we had a nice situation where we had hiking and the beach year round and uh, outdoor dining. It was never a problem for us like that stuff. So that was great. And I felt lucky to be in LA and a lot of people left LA during the pandemic, which was great. Cause then you get to Santa Monica in two minutes, but like, um, but yeah, I think, th- I think what I didn't realize was that the isolation of LA and the loneliness of the city, it like multiplied during the pandemic and becomes so much worse. So yeah. Then when you go to, um, to New York, you're like, Oh my God. But yeah, it's that same thing of, cause people always ask me, people are always like, do you like New York or LA better? Cause I've lived in both. And yeah. I'm like, I can't, re- I honestly can't say it's not that I think I would skew more toward New York, mm-hmm. but neither city is perfect. They both have things that I absolutely cannot stand about them. And, and that's just what it is. Cause they're just not, I mean, any massive city is going to piss you off. And time. I will say like, if we, I mean, like, and I, you, you have truly such an amazing career and like I, you hopefully have billions of dollars, but if you don't have billions, then I'm like, I think New York and LA, if you are filthy fucking rich, mm-hmm both those cities are a dream i think like again you will find the issues but actually this is a good okay let's say money is not an issue yeah and but you can only purchase a home in either new york or la i really don't know my answer nicole i think mine would be new york because it's like if money wasn't an issue i would get a nice oh that's true i did say that money is not an issue like (laughs) andy cohen i'm sure has like uh he from what i've been told and seen he's indy cone has a stunning home but mm-hmm. i'm sure the amount of money he paid on that versus something he would pay for out whatever nicole we're talking about la versus new york this is like the most like v- basic but like it's just i just like to fantasize about being rich one day because i can't build i can't allow myself to believe that i'll have this amount of money forever because that's just not that's not it no no and that's the way to think about it it's it's better to think about that than being like it's either going to be like this or worse in the future because then you're going to be stressed out all the time. There's no way. Mm -hmm. I used to think like that. I used to always be so worried about it. I would be so worried in between jobs about like, where's the next dollar going to come from? And then it's like, after a while, I stopped doing that because I was like, Nicole, you're going to get a job. You always get a job. So stop doing this to yourself between every freaking job. And then I started like just being able to be happier and more like stable in a way mentally. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? What's your secret? I think it was literally just that of like, what's the point? Like, I what's the point of always worrying? I think it's also like learning to not beat yourself up in the in-between times in life. You know what? That's what I really hate. This is like a random thought. But like lately, I, I've been seeing these posts on like Instagram mostly because Instagram is like the fakest social media still mm-hmm. that we have. But I've been seeing these posts where it's like... um you know, don't give up. I was going to give up and then I got my dream job and now I'm telling you not to give up. It's like, okay, but would you be fucking telling us that if you had not gotten your dream job? Probably not. And that's the thing. It's like some of those infographics, right? while they are well-meaning, are Mm -hmm. sometimes not like, oh, you know what's so crazy is that I the other day saw one of those things that was talking about I think either talking about burnout or like talking about some sort of uh, labeled thing. And it was like, if you have these feelings right now, you could be suffering from, it was probably more high stakes than burnout. It was like a pretty intense thing. And I read through all of them and I was like, you know what? That, That was just the human condition. It's like, if you're feeling exhausted... If you're feeling like, you know, the end of the day, you just need to unplug. I'm like, that's any person breathing Mm -hmm. air and expending any energy. It was like, it was like, I, Mm -hmm. the thing is, I do believe in, of course, like energy and the universe and, and mantras. I believe in all of that shit. But I think that sometimes Instagram especially can force just because it, they make it look pretty, it's actually, it's not coming from a psychiatrist or a therapist. It's coming from a 19-year-old in Albuquerque that's really good at graphic design. And the content yeah. of the actual infographic is not actually going to be helpful to you. And like, this is all preaching to the choir because the, I've just been really trying to be mindful of how I like spend my time on the internet. And like, am I succeeding? No. But right. 
I had a conversation with Marsha Belsky on this podcast about chiropractor videos because it really, it lessens my anxiety. And then I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is a, a physical therapist and she like mm-hmm. was so lovely about telling me that she likes watching them too. It's really good for anxiety. It's really cathartic, but these mm-hmm. chiropractors, a lot of them are bad. And I, I mean, and it, the shit they're doing looks crazy. Can't like, be right. <laughs> it can't like you go. You have a rope attached to a hook. They put the rope around your neck. They pull your head out of your body, and it's like, right. listen, I want that. I want to feel my crack from my head to my asshole. But like, I, it's not good. And right. she was, and this, the reason why I bring this up is because, like, we're talking about you think a quick fix will just like all of a sudden your life is better. But like going right. to a chiropractor, what she was saying is that there, there's no way for them to target your body in specific ways with with that type of chiropractor stuff. What they're doing mm-hmm. is, of course, maybe lower, lessening tension or whatever. But then uh, two days later, you're going to have the exact same pain and issues you were having before. It's it's like right. a very quick fix that's not sustainable. Right. And that's like the same thing with your mindset, which I've been I've been going through a lot of like, because, you know, I did that thing where I would beat myself up if I, I would wake up in the morning and be like, Ugh. You know how that existential dread that you can't explain. My, my yes. old therapist used to call it the uh, moody morning, mm. and I used to be mad at myself. Like, why am I? Why am I sad? Why is my life not perfect? But why am I sad about it? What's wrong with me? And that's the same thing with between jobs. Between jobs, you're like, I'm trash. I only got that last job because I tricked them into thinking I wasn't trash, and now I'm finally going to be homeless, like I've been expecting myself to be all of these years. But like, truly, like, I think it's like once you really think what are the facts is like what I've been trying to think a lot of like what are the facts the facts are literally every time I get super super stressed about pretty much about work because that's the one that always gets me that's when things turn around or because I'm I'm always working I'm always grinding because I'm doing that I'm going to keep working and then you start to develop relationships with people and you're like it's like listen like three years ago I was on a show that was shooting in New York and when it got Mm -hmm. canceled I thought my life was over because I was like, well, that was the only big job I'm ever going to get. And now, and now ain't nobody, I, they didn't know me because the show didn't take off. So I was like, nobody knows who I am. You know, I have to start all over and I, I, I'm never going to do this. I'm going to have to go back to waiting tables. Was it the opposition? Yeah, it was the opposition. And I was so like, it, I just was devastated. Like it felt like, well, and also I can I tell know. you, you were so good on that show. I Thank loved you. you on that show, but continue. Thank so the you. show, so, so the show ended and then you were like, fuck, I'm, I'm done for. Yeah, but I think it's like you forget like all of the all of the work you have. I mean, listen, you know, Hollywood is not a meritocracy. Like it's not always like, oh, I did A and B. So now I'm going to get C. No, it doesn't necessarily work like that. But the work that you do and the products that you put out and the way you kind of like hustle and start to meet people, it does pay off. It you're when your resume gets built, you know, it does, people see it and then they Mm want to keep working with you. And so I started to just realize, like, that's what I started to to just change my mindset of being like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit scared because I, you know, freelancing sucks. Mm -hmm. It's trash. It sucks. If you have a million dollars, if you got $10, it sucks because you don't know where the next dollar is coming from. But when you start to think of it as I'm literally building my resume. I'm constantly um, still auditioning, still putting my work out there, still doing, you know, even social media, whatever it is. Yes. So it's going to be okay. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be okay. You know? I swear to God, Nicole, you were sent from the universe to me. It's like, I, it's like, it's so, I just so identify with what you're saying. And I think yeah. that I've been trying to learn that for the past year and I'm starting to finally see the positive outcomes of just like changing your mindset and also, the big thing I've learned in the past week in therapy is two words, which are zoom out. Just like not if I, I if I fixate yes. on a small failure, then what yes. you're saying is how I feel is that I'm like, well, I'm a piece of shit. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'll never work again, et cetera, et cetera. But then when you zoom out and say, you know what, I actually accomplished X, Y, and Z, and not even accomplished, but I also had a great moment with my nephew. I got to talk. It's like you and you start to actually keep track of the things that A, are valuable to you, but B, that actually amount to the full life you want and not just yes. that, whatever the small failure you think was. And I really suffer f- with that. And I and I definitely am like really starting to feel this good momentum forward and, and progress, but without even, ha- without having the awareness and then feeling that you're going to be miserable forever, that's what gets mm-hmm. you stuck into that loop of not then nothing will get better and then inevitably like if you continue to think that way it makes Mm -hmm. it harder for you to 
progress and move forward and actually accomplish Mm -hmm. the things you want. So I think, I think this is, and also like in watching your career too, is like uh, anyone who's listening to this, if you're not following Nicole, you are going to now because obviously she's such a light, but like you're, you're the stuff you've done, like the scene in shrill, I was rewatching that scene. The, the, it's so fucking funny. And like, I'm sure people listening have watched the, the, it's the first season, right? Yeah, first ep- first season episode two. Okay, episode two. She, eighty goes to the strip club, and it's like you're talking about how you have to dance when there's someone there, and she's just trying to eat the really good food, and it's like <laughs> such a funny scene. But like, I think that what you are doing, like, you have a great podcast, you have these great roles, your videos online are so fucking funny. I think what I what I've learned from you is like, if you are just constantly putting yourself out there and doing your hustle, it's like yeah. the universe has no choice but to deliver. Deliver. And you know what else? Was because you mentioned a couple of things in there that I didn't always do. I didn't. I mean, obviously the podcast is new, but not even just that. I never made videos on the internet. I didn't used to tweet all that much, and then I realized like. Once I started doing that, because I'd started doing that because I was bored, because I wasn't working that much. And I was only an actor at the time. And only being an actor means you're only waiting your ass by the phone most of the mm-hmm, time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I started being like, I have to have some kind of creative output. I feel like I'm going crazy in Los Angeles. Um, and so I started making videos and started tweeting more. And then they started doing well, which was great. You know, and then like, then it was me because then you're in control and then that way you're in control of something, right? When you're completely at the beck and call of like Hollywood or like whoever the hell, like you're not going to be able to be happy and you're not going to feel settled inside because you're not even going to always be playing. Like you don't, not every part is that awesome stripper part. You know, a lot of them are like, I'm, you know, you know, boring teacher number two or whatever. And you're like, this job, this is not me. But yeah, so it's like once I started being more in control and and diversifying my output. I mean, yes. for real. Like now, it's like I'm a, I I'm a, I flew here as a, as a writer to you know to yes. go work on a show that I'm writing on, and I'm working on a show. I mean, with one of my idols is hosting this show. You, you, it'll come out later. I won't talk about it now because I don't know if I'm supposed to. But it's it's like just this thing where it's like it comes together because you continue to like to do what you can do that's all you can do is what you can do you can't like control if you're going to get hired you can't control if you're going to end up to buying an andy cohen you know loft in soho right you can control like like your podcast like your presence online of like what you put out who and then who sees what from you it's so important that's how i became a writer like i wrote because i would write jokes on twitter and then people would be like hey do you want to write on this show and i'm like Sure. I mean, I don't know how to do that, but yes. yeah, why not? You know? Well, speaking of the kind of the writing you do and the videos you put out, I'm sure a million people talk to you about the video that you have that's like what people's faces look like at the end of the video. And then it's just like fully devastated, <laughs> like, you know, smile fades to just like, first yeah. of all, do you, do you, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know think I have a question. I think that is that like the video that people ask you about the most? Always. And it's funny because, you know, this year with, or last year and this year with Zoom, um, oh. every, it'd be like it had a resurgence for sure. And then also now whenever I'm on a Zoom and people have seen the video and like I'm about to get off, they're like, oh, it's like that video. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, it's just, it's funny. So then I always feel this pressure to like not let my face go dead so that they don't <laughs> think I'm doing the video face, you know? Well, also but, one of your one of your videos that I thought was so fucking funny was when you were saying a rich person with rich parents tries to mm-hmm. deny the fact that they're rich. Because I, one of my favorite types of people, first of all, I think that archetype is very tough to be around when someone is filthy rich and then they're. But I, one of my favorite types of people is a person who is rich and isn't embarrassed by it, and they're just like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we're gonna boo 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 boo," and it's like, "Fuck yeah!" It's like I. You know, there's so many things with privilege and with wealth and like there's an issue with it. But I think if you are the product of rich parents and you are owning the fact that you come from money and you're not an asshole about it, I think that's actually a rare type of person that I like to be around. Extraordinarily rare. And I have had one friend, one friend, I said, I think I said something like, do you live where I think you live? And they were like, yeah, my parents bought it for me. They have money. And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful, you just said, you just said the thing, you know what I mean? Cause I was like, there's no way you can afford that. And, but you just said the thing and they, and they said it. it with no pretension, no, like, you know, they just were like, this is what it is. But you know, it was, yeah, it's such a rare type because there's something about 
rich people that it's like i i always wonder like is this in the dna somewhere where like they're programmed you know chad rivington the third is told from age two pretend you're poor like the pores so the pores don't get mad at <laughs> yeah. you like we just tell us y'all rich it's okay it's sometimes it's better do you watch do you ever watch the real housewives no i don't so that's okay it's okay because there's a part where um on beverly hills right now garcelle will ask sutton who's like very fucking rich like really uh-huh. rich garcelle's like so where's all your money from and she asks in a really direct beautiful way and the rich really rich person's like a uh, very offended by that and it's it's speaking to essentially like how dare you ask where i get my money it's like well actually no how dare you just not tell me where if you're if you're this wealthy and by the way this person got it because they probably come from money but also was it was in a marriage with like a multi-billionaire and they got divorced and then in california they got half of it so it's like there is no shame in that you got your money and now you are, you know, wearing couture and live that live that truth. I mean, it's like if yeah. the day that I become filthy rich and if someone asks me, I'll be like, I played Jim Parsons <laughs> X in the Big Bang Theory reboot. Like, I don't fucking know. It's like right. I I don't think there's I think that the shame around money I find so frustrating because that is why I don't know anything about money, I think, is because there are people that a, don't talk about it. And B, I think we live in a world that if you want to be like money fluent, you have to be really aggressive about learning how to do it. And if you don't actually have that instinct, then you don't know anything. And I am learning as I go, but I don't know anything. Yeah, I think we're all, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. We never learn taxes. We never learn how to invest. We never learn about stocks and bonds. We don't learn about any of that stuff when we're growing up. And I think that there's also like, just in general, such a huge culture of politeness that I don't know if it's Mm. like American or what. And politeness is dishonest a lot of times. And I don't mm. like that. Like with dating, that's, I, okay. Like I have all these theories. Like I think that's why people ghost because they don't want to be mean. And it's like, bitch, yes. I would rather you tell me you don't want to date me any day than just disappear. You know, when right. I had a nice time with you. And so it's like stuff like that. Of like, where yeah, they tell stand. me, tell me how you got your money. Tell me how you got your apartment. You know, tell me how you got your job. And that's the thing with jobs too. A lot of times in like Hollywood industry, people are like, oh, you know, I just like, it's just kind of like lucked into it. And some stuff, yeah, you do kind of lucked into, but some stuff it's like, like I said, I made videos, I did tweets. I was, you know, relentless online. I was relentless with my agents. I was, you know, I was, I was in my apartment for months and never dated. And that's how I got the jobs, you know what I mean? So it's like stuff like that. And it's like with money, just tell us your mom me paid for your apartment i would much right. rather hear that than you just tell me like oh we're not that rich <laughs> yeah i lucked <laughs> into know? my purchased home it's like no you didn't i what i also agree with that is like when you are people are being polite and you're actually getting lied to it fucks you both over in the end but like i had a moment i'm in kind of a creatively i'm actually like feeling like you know, this podcast is doing great i'm making video it's like though that part is good but as an actor i actually before the pandemic like had great things going i was working a lot but i just like maybe with zoom auditions that they're seeing more people i even booked like a commercial in a long time and i had a moment i'll make it a one sentence story because who the fuck cares about the actor thing but what the thing is it is interesting is i had a callback where i went in four separate times to this audition and i was convinced i booked it i was just like we vibed i booked it and then i got an email that i did not book it and i was like well i don't and so i asked my agent what happened and she didn't really know she was kind of guessing i was like you know what instead of me just sitting here and like not taking ownership that i feel like i booked that and i'm i'm not i'm gonna i emailed the casting director directly and i just said hey that was so much fun i thought you know i booked it do you know what happened and they literally told me point blank really good job you were the director's first choice the client ended up going with a second choice and we're not sure why but we'll definitely see you again and that was it and i was like Mm -hmm. okay Mm-hmm. I now understand that like and the thing is that makes total sense to me you're trying to please a million people and like one person and it's like great I didn't take it personally that's what it is but I think that just knowing that made me feel so much better and also knowing that I'm a fully adult human that is allowed to ask questions if mm-hmm. I want to learn the truth about something and because I can take it and I and it just I think advocating for yourself is just the most important thing and to remind people like I 
And to, I deserve an answer. I deserve a conversation. You, like, you're not always going to get closure or clarity from every right. situation. Like, you, fair, fair. You don't have to, you can't necessarily demand that of everyone and you're not always going to get it. And sometimes you just have to keep it moving without getting that. Like, right. you know, that's just how life is. But if there's an opportunity to ask someone like, hey, that felt really good. What happened? Or like, hey, we went on a couple dates and I thought you were pretty great. Like, are you ghosting? Do you not want to hang out anymore? If not, that's totally cool. Just kind of wondering what's up. Like, cause I have started to do that. Like just started to say shit to people. And honestly, like you said, you got results from that conversation. Yes. And you can go home being like, okay. And then like me having conversations with guys of being like, Hey, like what's going on? You seem like you're being weird. Or one guy I was like, you know, you seem like you don't want to hang out again. And like, I'm just curious. Do you want to or not answer the question? <laughs> what do you say? And, like, what do you say? And he said he 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 was just like did the thing where he was like, you know, oh, COVID or I'm not ready to date right now. And I was like, totally fine. Whatever you say, totally fine. I'm glad that you just ha- answered me, though, because it's like instead of trying to ghost me and then kind of every now and then kind of lead me on, you know, I'm you know, I'm going to let you go because you're trying to let me go, but you're not doing it. You know what I mean? And it was like yes. a situation where he kind of said, like, he wanted to be friends, but then he clearly wanted to be friends with benefits, but he wasn't being honest about it. And so I was like, bye, we done. Because that's the thing. Just tell me what you want. If I wanted to, we can do it. If, you know, it's, that's the thing is like, I just think that people, they worry so much about being polite that you don't get straight answers from people. And that does nobody any favors. It and really then, doesn't. And you're essentially lying. And then you're both on two different pages and then no one's happy. Yeah. Cause then you're, ener- you're like, you're wasting your energy if you're not telling the other person Like, I mean, of course, with acting jobs, people are never going to be like, you weren't the choice or like you were one person's choice, but not other people. It's very rare that they do that unless you get Mm -hmm. really close, then you can ask and like that makes sense. But yeah, like with relationships, I mean, it's such a waste of energy to like be like, oh, sorry, I'm working tonight. I can't hang out like 22 times over and over again. Like, oh, let's maybe tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm working. It's like, just tell me you don't want to hang out. That's fine. That, it's, it totally it is waste less time like i used to do that with people like when they because you know you, you live in new york so you experience that where when you live in new york it's like there's a person visiting every fucking day i swear and they're like let's go out and you're like i actually live here i don't just like party here. that's the thing is i swear i learned like the older mm-hmm. i got i was like it's a you're allowed to say tonight's not the night for me and you don't yep. you sometimes don't have to give a reason mm-hmm. you can just say like it. i'm just not feeling it and it, yeah period that's you're it. just like that's that's the and, answer and, and that's the answer. It's like, it's okay, though. It's like, you know, the couch is an okay place to be when you want to be there. And like, I and I like where I am right now. This is my this is my home. This is my girl. This is my everything. I love her so much. And if I don't want to treat her poorly, if anybody wants me to leave this couch, and I don't want to, I'm not going to. Exactly. And you don't have to give a reason. That's what I started doing with people. I started just instead of wasting my energy and being like, Oh, how many days are you here? Oh, I can't do this day. But maybe tomorrow, maybe that. Finally, I just told one person I was just like, listen, I don't really feel like hanging out right now. I'm working a lot. And I just kind of feel like relaxing when I'm not working. So have a great trip. Talk to you later. And they seemed like they were maybe mad because they didn't respond to me. But I was like, I don't care if you're mad because I told you the truth. You know the answer. And now I don't have to go out with your ass. So that is an Instagram infographic that I did read that did make sense to me was that we are not responsible for other people's emotions like we it's and that is okay but speaking of being responsible for other people's emotions what you are responsible for right now is telling me why are you obsessed with gay people what the hell are you doing here nicole um i realize that when i have people that identify as heterosexual on this podcast it starts to veer towards a z-way level of like how many gay friends do you have and like face face of the camera but like I tr- I do you believe take two do you agree that there are a lot of gay men that love your comedy that love my comedy do I agree <laughs> I think so yeah that love they comedy do, in general or my comedy do. your Nicole Thurman it's just something about your sensibility I think is such a has such a queer audience because it's like the second I saw your zoom call ending video the second I saw all I was just like this person gets it and i and you know what i maybe like instinctively i knew that you your mom is jewish that you're from the midwest i don't fucking know i just felt this like connection with your work that was like but i think essentially just because you clearly are a gay icon that deserves like like that status so (laughs) i really do mean this in not a probing gross way but like do you have a lot of queer people in your life that you connect with Queer people in my life that I connect with, absolutely. Yeah, all over the place. And I do think that I, now that I think about it, I do have like a lot of, I think, 
gay men and women that follow me. Um, and I remember I, my biggest gay, gay moment <laughs> that I had, I please, guess you could please. say, was when one of my tweets was on Best of Grinder. Yeah. Instagram oh, yes. thing, up. right? Yes. And I was like, oh my God. And I was getting like all these followers and I was like, why are all these men following me? Like, what's going on? And then I was like, oh my God. That's so crazy. Wait, what was what was the tweet? It was um little remember when little Nas X did that performance? Or no, not the the video of calling by your name. Going down to like hell. Sliding. Mm-hmm. And that yep. was like a meme for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my meme about him was like, it was just like the vaccination. Like there's a vaccination site, but uh, you have to go right now. Like you can get vaccinations, but you have to go right now. It was back when the vaccinations were harder to get. And sure, so then sure, the sure. image was him sliding down the pole to go get a vaccination. So <laughs> Oh, see, that's yeah. the thing. It's like you embrace the vaccination moment. You embrace the little knots X mm-hmm. video of him uh, stripper pulling down to hell. And uh, next thing you know, you're on the best of grinder, like million followed gay account. And that all tracks for me. That all makes sense. Yeah. And God, I love it. I never thought about it before, but I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I don't want to even assume because then I feel like I would say something stupid. But like, I don't know if just like expressiveness or just like my energy or I don't know what it is, but I love I would I would love to be called the gay icon. That's amazing. You are. <laughs> I think that and honestly, like as much as it's like me patting ourselves on the back, but I think that I think I take a lot of pride and a lot of queer people take a lot of pride in being like tastemakers of like mm-hmm. of some artists think they've made it when they have the queer support. I mean like obviously Gaga's obsessed with having a queer following and like Madonna of course has so many people and like I mean as a queer community we are so lucky to have our icons and i do think that the icons feel lucky to have us it's like a it's like a beautiful love-filled relationship it is definitely like a form of acceptance that i mean listen if you had a bunch of straight dudes with khakis saying we love your comedy you you, something's wrong you gotta change your comedy (laughs) so the people you want to love your comedy are the gays The tastemakers, honey, <laughs> not the men with Oakleys on the back of their head. <laughs> God forbid. Oh, my God. I swear, Nicole, like, I forget sometimes how little I spend time in a room with straight people, especially the ones with khaki and Oakleys. And when I'm with them, I'm like, oh, you do exist. It's like, I forgot. Like, I forgot that the, that's the norm is that yeah. across the country, there are straight men that wear khakis and have Oakleys. And when I'm then around them, I feel my like if there's a dog close by i'll just pet the dog and just use it as a as a support animal i just like i i I don't exactly know how to act and yeah of course it all comes back from like being bullied in high school and like there i know there are some good straight men but yeah they're not the press right now is not all good no it's not there's not a lot of good press right now yeah they're not they're not doing their best work (laughs) i don't think they ever really have that's probably partly why i love being in new york or LA is that you can surround yourself with people. You have many other choices than yeah. the straight, the straight khaki community. Yeah. And I like that too. I think it's, it's nice to be, it's, I mean, obviously I would never surround myself with the straight khaki community at all, but it's like, it's nice to be around people that are just like living how they want to live. And like, it's a more freeing culture. It's more like live your life, be who you are. And I like that's yes. way more my energy. And I think that's what, I think that's probably why you and I connect is that, you embrace your truth and there's a sense of embracing what makes us different and i think that obviously like as a gay person like i am different and i think that when you see someone doing that straight or not i mean and not to get too deep about it but i've been really thinking hard lately of when you are young and you are queer you are really struggling with will i be accepted will i be able to live a life that has a semblance of happiness when i'm living in a world that doesn't want me and like that's really dark but then when you come out and you have that beautiful moment of wait a minute and this is of course me talking about myself and there are so many difficult moments for people that come out and it's not good for them but my dream of course for everyone is that they come out and they realize that they can find whether it's their family by birth or their chosen family that they can be embraced and it's so beautiful so that's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. I find what, what's really tough right now as an adult is that I'm realizing that, unfortunately, it still can be kind of hard. I mean, you can still, 
I think I was talking to Carrie O'Donnell on this podcast about when he was walking around a part of California and he said to his fiance, are we allowed, or maybe his fiance said to him, are we allowed to hold hands here? And it's like, you do sometimes have to have those questions. And I'm talking, and Matt and I are talking about having children and it's just such a, it's just a, it's difficult for any couple, but in any person, but I think for a lot of gay people it can be there's a lot of obstacles and so i'm having this resurgence of man it's like i married someone i love i'm living in a place that i love mm-hmm. but there are still these things that you're like oh wait a minute you know i have a ton of friends and family having babies that i genuinely have only happiness for them but yeah it is sometimes kind of hard to be like but it is what i do want is going to be a lot harder just Mm -hmm. because of the way that i am and it's Mm -hmm. like it's just a bit of a it's a tough thing but i think that to bring it all back to this conversation is that when you then see someone that really is embracing why they are different you realize it makes you feel seen even though they are different from you does that make sense Yeah, definitely definitely oh my god yeah i mean it's it's that's because that is the hardest part sometimes like that's what i was talking about even earlier with my mom of like even from being from new york and living in kansas all of a sudden and being jewish she was like i don't know how to like process this because it's hard it's hard to just and i think about i mean i just think about it all the time when like you see like like a trans person it's like just to live your life just to be who you are it's like such a challenge and like people are going to confront you. My friend, like my friend and I went out the other day and I almost got in a freaking fight with this girl because my friend was, my friend is in fashion. So she's wearing like a cool outfit and this like Karen type woman, basic, basic ass with her not style. She looks like she was wearing a doily. (laughs) She was like asking my friend why she was wearing this jacket. And I was like, any kind of, if you're at all, at all against any kind of grain of whatever normal is, whatever the hell mm-hmm. that even is at this point, then people are going to judge you at every turn. And it's like, obviously, if you're gay or trans or, you know, non-binary, that's a whole other world of like, just to literally exist in your skin is going to offend someone for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then people, those, the people that, that see that and recognize it and understand it, they do gravitate towards each other. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, that doesn't make it easier. Yes. You're, like you said, you have your toes in family, but then you still have to go out in the world and you still have to deal with things like fertility and all those things. But yeah. I do always feel kind of like honored to like have gay friends or like just, you know, to, uh, to have people be like, we love what you do. Like we, you know, you're, you're a queen well, or like again, whatever they say. Are, yeah. It's like great. We're taste makers and we have, ta- when, when you like Nicole Thurman, you have taste and That's that right. is the facts. Well, before we, you know, have to log off this gorgeous call that I could truly talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I want to ask a very important question. If the world was ending, and you could only save one character actress. Do you have a choice of who that would be? I feel like you probably get this answer a lot, but Jennifer Coolidge. Gorgeous answer. I Gorgeous answer. The thing is, is that I have gotten it, but not as much as you would think. And you know what is so topical about this answer is that the White Lotus finale is is tonight. So, of course, when this, this podcast will be like two days after this that comes out. But like whoever is not watching the White Lotus, you must. And I think Jennifer is, you know, there's this thing going on Twitter now that's like gay men are always saying like, oh, you're we no one ever talks about this person. And of course, they're acting in an HBO show like every week. It's like, yes, we are. It's just we like to... Uh, obsess over one person for a week and then and then pretend that we forgot that they existed but jennifer coolidge is having a moment right now that is like thank fucking god she's having a moment and it was like one of those things where i because I, I was like who are character actresses? so i googled and then as soon as she popped up i was like i can't go with anybody else because i have been watching the white lotus and she's one of those actresses that i've always thought was funny but oh my god on that show it's like every move she makes is comedy she's so incredibly funny and also, like, she kind of, like, reps for, like, tall, curvy women, which I'm all about, too, because I'm tall and I'm not skinny. So it's like, I like I like to see that on screen, you know? Yes. And anything she says, she, like, it's what I think she is doing more now that is really incredible is that she's having her same humor and brilliance with that. But there's also, like, this, like, depth to her of, like, just, like, the deep human condition of, like, I'm just going to sit and wait for you to call me. Or she's just, yes. like, I, like, it's just, like, she's, like, who, like, who among us have not just... Say, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, whenever I'll talk to you later, but you're just going to wait by your phone and like every time it vibrates, you're going to hope it's them. It's like, no, she, she says to the guy on the show, like, I'm going to lie in bed, wait for you to text me. And she said, um, that, that whole speech about, I don't know if we're giving a spoiler alert, but spoiler alert for the white Lotus when she talks about, um, 
Uh, I just want him to see the crazy up front. I've said that so many times. Like, I don't like playing games with dudes. I don't like the dating game. I don't like trying to appear demure or like whatever the hell. And so like, I feel the same way where it's like, all you want to do is just show him all the insecurities, show them all the bullshit. And then if they like it, you date. (laughs) And that's, and that's, I think what, what I try to tell people, because listen, have I figured everything out? Fuck, no, not at all. But what I do feel happy about is the way that I met Matt was basically like it. I think that showing your freak flag as early as possible is the way to go. And we deserve people that love what makes us freaks. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't even imagine, like, when people say, like, oh, maybe you're intimidating or whatever the hell people would say. It's just like, okay, well, then they can go. At first, I, I mean, I, I, it, it's annoying. I'm not going to lie. I've been single forever. I'm still single. It's like I'm getting old and I don't really love that. But at the same time, like, I really like myself. And if somebody doesn't like me, then I don't really want to be around them. Because what am I going to have to do? Pretend to be something different or quieter or whatever. And it's like, no, no. That's not gonna, nobody's gonna be happy doing that. So yeah, I love it. And I do love that she's like that. Oh, I'm saying it's such a brilliant answer. And I just anytime I even get to think about Jennifer Coolidge as a gift and a yeah. beauty and like, and truly. And so speaking of iconic women, the, the final question we ask on the this podcast is Nicole Thurman, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Honestly, ghost. I don't even. I couldn't even think of another one. <laughs> I think that's such a good answer. You know what? A lot of people don't say ghost. And what do you? Yeah, but like, I mean, I think ghost is so good. And also, rest in power, Patrick Swayze. But I think it. I think that movie probably made a lot of men gay because of just like the sheer sex of it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's very hot. It's a very hot movie for everyone. And then <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg when she's like, "Molly, you and Danger Girl." Like, come on now. It doesn't get better than that. Like, it this- doesn't. I, like she, it was a meme before memes were memes. Exactly. It totally was. Yeah. So she's just so great in that movie. I don't. I. It's like I feel like I barely even remember many details from that movie, but I just remember I loved it. I loved her in it, and then I would quote that line like so much. My mom still quotes it all the time. Like we're always making you that and joke, Danger so. Girl. Oh, it's too good. It's, it's too good. Is she a great? hair in that movie she just looks great she's awesome i love what a good throwback to Whoopi and ghost well i think from Whoopi to another icon nicole thurman thank you so much for coming on that's a gay ass podcast is there anything that you would like to plug before we say goodbye yeah um i have a podcast as well called the scroll down with marcella arguello who's my co-host and then um i'm also on a cartoon called jellystone that's on hbo max so watch that it's very fun there's i think 10 episodes up right now but there's a lot more coming so come on now jellystone and hbo max okay. well nicole thurman you are a star i can't wait to see you again and truly thank you thank you this was so nice thank you what a dream that Nicole Thurman is. I am so happy she came on. I plugged all of her socials in the description. Also, that Patreon link is there if you want to join that party. You can hear the unedited episode, and I have the full video episode up there as well. She, I mean, the faces, the facial expressions of it all. Uh, so, yeah, follow along. My Instagram as well is linked there at Eric Wills, gay ass podcast Instagram. And if you could do me a big favor and leave a five star review, it really helps more people get their eyes and ears on this podcast. And just tell one friend that you're obsessed with it. I've gotten so many messages recently that I was literally talking about it in therapy just the other day about how happy it makes me feel. And next week's guests are um, another ones from my dream list. So, God, it's going to be good. Love y'all. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.